Welcome to Oncopharma. I'm your host, John Bazaar. I am a professor of pharmacy practice here at the supporting sponsor of Oncopharm, ETSU's Bill Gatt, College of Pharmacy. It is uh, late June uh, 2022, and I want to talk about uh, the most common uh, drug uh, probably used in, in the world that is not uh, caffeine or, or nicotine, and that's acetaminophen and its possible effect on immune checkpoint inhibitors. Now, this is a question that sadly I never thought of myself, and it seems maybe like something that should have been asked earlier. So, um, let's let's go back to um, I don't know, sometime during uh, uh, as a as a kid uh, in pharmacy school, uh, learning that uh, maybe acetaminophen can decrease the effectiveness of childhood vaccines. And if you go and look in the literature, you will find some studies saying that acetaminophen doesn't blunt vaccine response, but some that do, that it does impair or decrease antibody titers if you routinely give acetaminophen uh, to kids to prevent a fever, so to speak, not necessarily if you give it after they have a fever. So uh, there is a, a, a suggestion, there is a bioplausibility that acetaminophen uh, might decrease the effectiveness of immunotherapy, okay? So we're going with this. now. You're like, well, what, what, John? I mean, acetaminophen, we know it helps with pain, helps with fever, but doesn't have any anti-inflammatory properties, and that has to do with uh, enzymes that are upregulated this side of infection that break down acetaminophen. So it doesn't have that local effect on inflammation, but but um, from a, a neuro standpoint, it does help uh, with pain, uh, and that's also why it decreases fever. Um, so knowing that, there was a, a, a recent uh, publication. I, I actually saw this on Twitter. I'm not sure. It looks like this was published as an abstract. That I was able to get the published abstract, but I haven't seen the full publication of this. And this is the impact of acetaminophen on the efficacy of immunotherapy in patients with cancer. Now, this is an idea that's not ready for prime time, but it's worth talking about, especially because if you're like me and you were a watcher of Scrubs, I think this is back-to-back weeks we talk about Scrubs. There is an episode in Scrubs um, where the, the attending physician is paged by the intern, uh, saying, did you just call me to ask what the dose of acetaminophen is? The dose is whatever stays in the person's mouth when you throw it at them, basically suggesting that acetaminophen is not a real drug. You don't really care about the dosing, this sort of stuff with it. Now, of course we do. There's a, that, that, that daily dose of three to four grams a day that we think about. And actually, there we do have a study that shows that acetaminophen in combination with immune checkpoint inhibitors has a higher risk of hepatotoxicity. So uh, there's certainly... Um, uh, you know, any inhibition of the uh, the activation of the immune system with acetaminophen is not enough to blunt any increase in hepatotoxicity when it's combined with acetaminophen. At least it, it appears there are a couple publications suggesting higher risk of hepatotoxicity of acetaminophen with immune checkpoint inhibitors. Now, so this, uh, this study, I'll, I'll kind of explain what they did, and they actually say in their background that the World Health Organization uh, recommends against uh, giving acetaminophen uh, before at the time of vaccination because it can in blunt antibody response and immune response. So they looked at acetaminophen plasma concentrations in uh, patients on clinical trials, I think of pembrolizumab in all cases. Um, so somebody comes in to clinic uh, or the, uh, the cancer center to get their first dose of pembro on study. They measured their blood to see if there's acetaminophen there, right? They did that and then they tracked those patients over time, okay? They didn't necessarily look at, are they getting acetaminophen the whole time, right? And acetaminophen has a short half-life. They didn't look, are, like, at a, are they getting it regularly? They're just like, kind of an assumption it looks like. 
and again, I haven't read the full methods. The assumption is if you have a CNM event in your system when you come in for day one, you're taking it all the time. That's a reasonable assumption, but it is an assumption, and you know what happens when you make an assumption. And lo and behold, you know what they found is the patients uh, who uh, had exposure to acetaminophen uh, on the you know the day they started had um, slightly worse progression-free survival and moderately worse overall survival compared to those who were not receiving acetaminophen. And they actually then adjusted for uh, age, performance status, and number of prior lines of treatment, tuber type, that sort of stuff. Um, now, how well you're able to control for that, don't know. It's certainly possible that because you're taking acetaminophen, you're sicker. That seems possible. It's also possible that acetaminophen decreases the effectiveness of the immune checkpoint inhibitor um, or blunts the effect. And that could be. Now, we also, and they, um, then they took um, um, peripheral blood mononuclear cells from healthy patients uh, so these would be uh, B cells, T cells, neutrophil cells, monocytes. Not neutrophils because they have multiple uh, nuclei. So mononuclear cells, not red blood cells, no nucleus. Um, so anyway, they took uh, this plasma from healthy cells or the peripheral blood poly, uh, not poly, mononuclear cells from healthy patients and they studied these cells in the lab and they were able to, to demonstrate this uh, you know, decreased T cell activity, increased uh, numbers of T regs, regulatory T cells that, that uh, inhibit uh, like cytotoxic T cell or CD8 positive T cell activity, um, further supporting this hypothesis that, that the acetaminophen does have a biological way potentially of decreasing uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor activity. Now, what the concentration was of these healthy, uh, these healthy patient blood in the lab, don't know. So if you just kind of summarize this, we have, like, um, I like to use sports analogies. So, you know, the looking at blood samples on day one is kind of like examining game film of one play. All right? So we have one play that we've studied that suggests this is a good play, bad play, etc. And then we have stuff in the lab, which is kind of like practice, not the game. Right? We don't have anything uh, longitudinal in patients taking acetaminophen. Now, certainly... Uh, would be very interesting uh, if a whole bunch of people look back at all their Pembroke nivolumab records, which, let's be honest, probably is, the, the, if you add Pembro and Neva together, the most commonly dispensed drug in, in, uh, in your oncology clinics. It have to be. It has to be up there with cyclophosphamide and doxorubicin and rituximab. It's got to be. So lots and lots of patients out there have been receiving this, and there are probably lots and lots of patients who maybe are on uh, you know, like an acetaminophen-oxycodone combination for pain. And, and maybe you can, can go back and look and see uh, if they have different outcomes. That's going to be impossible retrospectively to control for all the confounding factors uh, and things like that. But certainly, um, this is something that uh, is not going to change my practice. Um, but, it, you know, if somebody has a headache and they're on, you know, like a carbotaxol uh, Pembro regimen and uh, they're neutropenic. I'm not going to recommend an NSAID over acetaminophen based on this data, you know, if they have a risk of bleeding or something like that. Um, but acetaminophen, really commonly used drug. Uh, and in our practices, Pembro, Nivolumab, really commonly used drug. So this is certainly something that I wanted to mention as soon as it came across my radar. Because I think people need to be aware that this is a question that I think is worth being asked. And maybe it should have been asked before. 
Um, and maybe there's something I'm missing why it wasn't asked before. Uh, but it certainly seems like uh, as, a, as, a, as a society, we should do our due diligence to make sure that, uh, that a really common, seemingly safe drug is not decreasing the effectiveness of, of immune checkpoint inhibitors. Um, so anyway, there's, you know, there is a, um, there's a signal, <laughs> you know, studies do that, like, like no new safety signals were identified. Well, this is, this is a lack of efficacy signal. It's just a signal uh, at this point, but it's something that I, I certainly want to see uh, more research on, uh, something that has made uh, like the Medscape and, and some of those uh, uh, like medical news online outlets very popular, a lot of Twitter traffic about this. Um, so anyway, that's kind of what this is. This isn't like a, a randomized controlled phase, phase three trial of acetaminophen versus something else um, to, to see what effect it has, but uh, something that um, hopefully will prospectively be tracked in, in uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor studies going forward. Okay, so that is what we have now. Should have um, something for you all next week from an episode standpoint. Uh, it's July, so it's it's travel season, vacation season, so taking a few weeks off. So I know that I have a pre-recorded kind of bonus episode that's not really oncology related that will drop um, about the second week of July. Uh, we'll try to have something for you all next week as well, but may not. You know, that takes some time off. You know, that's that's what I might do. So anyway, thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at FarmDeepDib, and you can follow the podcast on both Twitter and Instagram at OncoFarmPod. And until I talk to you again, remember, doses matter. Thank you.